the identity of the two witnesses. Attacking the Bible. Predestination versus free will. What happens if you are left behind? World government update. A secret Iran deal. And much more in the news today. Well, we will answer these questions and analyze these events all while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I will be taking your calls today. It's open line Friday. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. The number to reach our operators, 1-800-363-8463. And so, uh, wow, I have got a lot of information today. I mean, if I, if we get to all of it, great. If we don't get to any of it, that's fine as well. Today is your day and definitely want to get to some of the calls today. I'll have the, my guys in the, in there bring up the, the, uh, screen today, uh, so I can see your calls and then we'll, we'll go from there. But the question, uh, I, I, we, we're all the time getting questions. You guys are very educated. You're bringing in, sending in so many great questions. And it, it lets us know here with the Jerusalem Prophecy College, the End of the Age Plus, all of our DVDs, the radio, the television shows, everything that we're doing, that everybody out there is getting very educated because your questions are awesome. And so uh, some of them I have to really go research to be able to answer. And so... One of the main one of the one of the questions I should say that I got recently, and I thought I wanted to bring it to air, and then I'll get to some of the the uh, callers here. Was are the two witnesses prophesied in the Book of Revelation, Enoch and Elijah? You know, a lot of people want to know that. Um, in my opinion, they will not be Enoch and Elijah. Well, why is that? Well, they would have to have lived on in mortal bodies. Or else they could not be killed according to the Scripture. The Scripture says that in Revelation chapter 11, that when the two witnesses come to the end of their ministry, that the Antichrist, the world governing body, will kill them. And they'll lay in the streets for three and a half days. Then they'll be resurrected at the time of the seventh trumpet. Enoch and Elijah were taken and so, because to have come back for three, you know, three to four thousand from three to four thousand years ago, they would have to be immortal to come back. You understand? And so, uh, get, there's no precedence really in history or in the Bible for that. And so, you know, I, I, I just, you know, therefore, I don't, I don't believe it's literally going to be Elijah. 
Enoch, or even Moses, as some speculate. Now, who are they? Well, some, you know, some people have speculated and, and taught that it might be Moses and Elijah, but others have thought that it might be Enoch and Elijah. The logic behind this belief is that Enoch never died and was translated. Elijah also never died, but was caught up in a whirlwind. And Hebrews 9.27 says, As is appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. So some believe that since these two prophets never died, that they must return and be killed by the Antichrist. However, there is a flaw in that logic. Because there's no precedent, like I said, for anybody returning to the earth as a mortal two to three thousand years later uh, to preach. God has always raised up men of God during that era to preach His message. And so they will not be Moses and Elijah. And, and, and you know, when the Bible says that it's appointed a man wants to die and then the judgment, it's merely making a, a, a statement of the normal pattern of life. It is appointed unto man wants to die. But at the, at the same time, you know, at the time of the rapture, that all people on earth who are rapture ready are not going to die. They will be changed instantaneously from mortal beings to immortal beings and we will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. I'm hoping to be one of those individuals. If, if, I'm, if the Lord tarries and I'm still alive at that point. So after they become immortal, it is, it is, is it necessary for them to come back later and die to fulfill the scripture which says it is appointed unto man wants to die than the judgment. No, this is not a legitimate proof as to the identity of the two witnesses. And then, um, so the truth of the matter is, is that these two men are mortal human beings presently alive on the earth right now. Now, how do I know that they're alive right now? That's the next question. Well, because all of the prophecies given for the end time are presently Converging world government, world religion, the, the, the coming peace agreement, the uh, stage being set for a World War III, um, the precursors to the mark of the beast. I mean, you name it. And then um, these two witnesses are on the earth now and God is preparing them for the ministry that he has ordained for them. And their powers are going to be very much like the powers of Moses and Elijah but they will have the spirit and the power of Moses and Elijah, just like John the Baptist did. And so the Bible says John came in the spirit of Elijah, but the two witnesses will not literally be Moses and Elijah. Again, in my opinion, and I know my father-in-law felt the same way, so I wanted to share that with you because some, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I honestly, it's, it's irrelevant to me who it is, I just know that it's going to be two men of God that will be prophets. God has never sent anybody who was not a true man of God or a woman of God to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and be ambassadors for His kingdom here on the earth. And so, very, very important that, that we understand it. I, I will, I'm going to be working. End time ministries will be working with these individuals They're going to be working in Jerusalem. We have the Jerusalem Prophecy College. We're all working towards the same goal. It will be somebody who 
has an understanding of the kingdom of God, but I also believe it's going to be somebody who has an understanding of the end times as well. And so, again, I don't know who that is. Um, we could sit here and speculate the rest of the, the, rest of the day. But um, certainly don't want to take up the time and do that. So I know I'm coming up to a break. I got a lot of calls, and I'll be getting to you guys straight after the break. But I do want to thank you guys for joining us, for supporting us, for praying for us. We have been praying in our daily, in our morning prayer meetings here, and prayers have been answered. Many of you have called in and said, hey, I'm sick, or emailed us, I'm sick, my husband needs a job. I mean, all kinds of different things. God has been answering prayers all over So email us your prayer request. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search Into the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Well, welcome back, everybody. And again, I will be taking your calls today, 1-877-363-8463. And I've got to make a quick announcement. Um... Next weekend, not tomorrow, but next weekend, on the 5th and 6th of February, I'll be up at the, um, in Justin, Texas. Uh, just, it would be what, northwest of Dallas here, at the Rock Church of Justin, 411 Ludi Avenue, Justin, Texas, 76247. Um, and my topic, Saturday night, the, the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, and again, it's, it's scriptural, it's prophetic, and I put this lesson together months ago, and then Glenn Beck comes out with the Great Reset book, and he's talking. I'm coming at it from a biblical prophetic perspective. He's coming at it from a totally secular perspective, but it's like we, are, it's like we sit down and had a big conversation. 
I decided to put a prophecy conference together. He decided to write a book. And so I'll be talking about all of that on Saturday night, the 5th, and then on the 6th, that Sunday morning, uh, Saturday night is um, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 10 a.m., I'll be doing the um, Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments. And something you, we'll be going through the, the top five prophecies happening right now, showing you how we are living in the end time. I mean, we're way off into this. So it's something you'll want to join us in. All the information is on our website. Go to the events tab and then the conferences and everything's there. Maps, how to get there, the times, num- phone numbers to the church, everything. And so uh, this our conference schedule's kicking off. Here we go. Uh, so let's go straight to the phones. Uh, let's go to Art in Missouri. God bless Art. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, hello. Oops. Okay. Oh, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you about, you know, uh, America being the uh, place in the wilderness in uh, Daniel 12, too. But let's, uh, but since you mentioned uh, the two witnesses, yeah. um, I guess um, we'll, we'll be, let's say, we're still around. Will we be able to see them? Uh, I presume they're going to minister mainly in Jerusalem. Or, and uh, wh- I guess one other question is: Are these the same two that are mentioned in Zechariah chapter four? The two olive branches beside the two gold pipes. And uh, um, so, will they? Um, I guess just. Um, is there any indication that they will be in uh, places since the Antichrist is probably going to be revealed in Jerusalem at the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem? Yeah. Uh, is that is that probably why they are spent so much time there? Okay, I'll. That's I guess that's it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the two witnesses will that they will minister. They will end up in Jerusalem. I'll put it like that because the Bible says they're 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 killed in the streets of Jerusalem and they laid there three and a half days. They will probably minister more than just in Jerusalem. It doesn't give a specific, hey, you know, 50% of the time they'll be in the United States part over there. I'm going to, will we notice them? Will we know them? Yes, absolutely. We'll recognize them. We'll know who they are. They're going to be men of God because the Bible says, I will send my two witnesses. I will give them, he's going to give them power. We will know who they are. No mistaking that. And I'm going to have them on our, I'll do my best, but I'm, I'm, I'm involved in, in our church, the church organization over there in Israel, very heavily. I work right with the missionaries every week. So the, I'm going to have them in our Jerusalem Prophecy College. We'll be teaching out of there on our radio program, on our television program. We'll be interviewing them. I'm going to try to get them to write articles in the magazine. We will know who they are. There, there, there's, there's not going to be any missing them. Uh, the international community is going to be against them. The Antichrist is going to be eventually killing them because they are going to be a thorn in his side. So we know, we'll know who they are un- unmistakably. Now, um, are they the, uh, the um, you asked me about Zechariah 4. Yes, it appears that that's the same thing as the two olive branches in... Uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 11. And uh-huh. so, yeah, yeah it, it appears like that's the same thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else you asked me, Art. Okay, and then is uh, 
is there any relationship with, you know, the Antichrist will appear, he will reveal himself uh, in the midst of the peace treaty in the, probably in the temple, right, in Jerusalem, so yeah. that it seems like they're going to be there about that time. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's correct. So um, the, the final seven years, peace agreement, three and a half years after that, you have the abomination of desolation occurs. That's when the Antichrist will stand in the Jewish temple proclaiming to be God. The Bible says that he will get the, that the Lord will give power to his two witnesses to continue 1260 days. That's that final three and one half year period. So they come on the scene and begin their ministry at the exact same time the Antichrist uh, places the abomination of desolation on the temple mount in the temple. And so um, very, very important that, that, that uh, it all comes down. When you hit the three and a half year mark, Many prophecies happen simultaneously. The war in heaven, Satan's bound to the earth. He comes down, persecutes Israel and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The two witnesses come on the scene. Um, that's, what, that's what begins the great tribulation, which is when the mark of the beast is doled out. So halfway through that final seven years, I mean, many things kick off at that point. That's when it becomes the Antichrist kingdom here on the earth. That's when it becomes the false prophet's kingdom here on the earth, the world religion. So, um, yeah, it all happens right there in the at the three-and-a-half-year mark, halfway through that final seven years. Okay. Well, I guess one, one last question is uh, uh, there's a place of safety in the wilderness, you know, with the eagle's wings, which could be, uh, I think Irvin said that's uh, America. Is, is that going to be at the same time or before or after the, uh, the two witnesses and the Antichrist? No, it's so it's the exact same time. In, right now, we still, the United States is Israel's best ally in the world. Now, I, with the Biden administration, that's a little rocky, okay? But still, yeah. we, we still are hurt. She's still under CENTCOM with the United States in that region. I mean, we're, we're still our best ally on the planet. Um, we still use our UN Security Council veto power to protect her. But when we come to that three-and-a-half-year point, that's when we will protect her from the Antichrist for that time, times, and half a times. How do I know that? Because Revelation 12, when there's a war in heaven, Satan's bound to the earth, and the Bible says she's carried away on the wings of a great eagle. He, he comes down, he persecutes the woman, which is Israel. The Bible says she's carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she's nursed in her place in the wilderness for time, times, and half a time. That's going to be Israel proper. That's not going to be the West Bank, which will be under a two-state solution at that time. So when Jesus warned those in Judea to flee, he's into the mountains, he's warning them to flee over into Israel proper, which would be somewhere along the pre-1967 borders or close to that with land swaps. That's where they're going to flee into. How do I know that? Because a lot of people think they're going to flee down into Petra. But the Bible says Judah will be fighting in Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. That's in the book of Zechariah. And so it's very important that we understand, you know, what's going to happen, the region, and then the timing of all of it, um, which the Bible lays out very clearly. Yeah, it sounds like the two witnesses are going to be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist, and at the least, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you very much. All right, Art. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to Lawrence right here in Texas. God bless, Lawrence. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, good afternoon, Brother Robbins. I want to thank you so much, first off, for preaching the truth. Oh, thank you. That's what's going to get uh, us both to heaven. 
Yes, I'll tell you what. I gave my life to Christ, and I backslid like you did, but I found out one thing. It's a matter of control of the mind. I have to let the Lord and Savior guide my way. Yeah. But I will say this. You know, I want to help out with the people in Israel, but I don't have a lot of money. But I'm like, well, we can do something. Yeah. So maybe you can kind of explain how we can help with the people in Israel. And secondly, I want to say personally, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for as a blind person, I never knew what the truth was until I heard it from you and uh, Brother Baxter. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I thank you for that. And that that right there is the reason that we do this, Lawrence. Is because we're just Amen. trying we're trying to get people to heaven, um, and we're we are going to teach the truth no, without fear or favor. I'm not worried about peer pressure. I'm not worried about pressure from the government. We're going to teach the truth all the Amen. way to the end because I'm Amen. not doing anybody any good if I waver off of what the Bible teaches. We'll, we'll both brother. miss it. And so, thank you for that. And I'm glad that. Um, Really, God, through this ministry, has been able to affect your life. Now, the has, question... and I'm going to tell you something. After the surgery I've been through, I know my Heavenly Father performs miracle. I just went through a 12-hour surgery. They had to remove my right ear. They had to take a tumor out, take the ear, drum out, and the bone behind it. And now I had to be filled in with uh, skin and muscle and fat off my leg. But you know what? I praise God for being alive. Thank you, Jesus, for the love you gave me. And, Lord, I can't do enough to pay or even begin to repay you for the love you've shown to me. Amen. And that's why I want to do something to help those people in Israel. Yeah. So it, there's several ways, actually, to help the people of Israel. Yes, it does take finances to help them. Because right now we're helping Jews make Aliyah, or the journey back to Israel from all over the world, because they're being persecuted, they're in under horrible times of oppression, and we're helping them make the trip back so they can be acclimated into the Israel society, which is the safest place on earth for them. Um, so it does take funds, but not just funding. You can pray for them. Um, it's very, very important that God is working in amongst them. Now, He is. There's a whole lot more going on in Israel than what people think. As far as the Christian community, people working there, uh, I work directly with the people. And so God is... God has shown favor on end time ministries and has allowed me to be in contact with some very influential people in Israel that really have bought into what we teach. And wow, I mean, I, God is setting the stage for the greatest revival the world's ever known, even in Israel. But um, if you could just pray for them, that's one of the best ways probably... Uh, to help them is that God would protect them throughout the end time, that God would help our leaders here in the United States stand with them and protect Israel uh, all the way throughout the end time. It takes, it takes the prayers of the saints, um, and God responds to fervent prayer. And so that's one of the best ways you can help them, uh, Lawrence, even better than financing. But, of course, it will take financing before it's all over with, and, and you know, we all know that. Um, so well, the one thing I got to go through radiation treatment. I ask you to pray for me if you would. I pray that my heavenly Father will remove all signs of cancer completely. But I'm going to tell you something. No matter what happens, as long as I can get my foot in the gate, I'm happy. Amen. I'd rather be blind the way I am now and get my foot in the door than I would to have it any other way. All right. Well, I, I do appreciate that, Lawrence, and and I will make sure that the the uh, 
everyone upstairs puts your name on the prayer list here in uh, right here in Lawrence in Texas. We'll pray for you. We've been praying a lot in our um, morning devotions for a lot of prayer requests. We've done that for years. But I've had people just start pelting me with emails and things saying, hey, you prayed for me and this happened and that happened. And I mean, we're praying for people with cancers, a lot of different things, and God is moving. So I'll make sure they put you on the list, Lawrence. And I do thank you for the call and God bless you, my friend. Um, thank you, sir. Let's go to uh, Sandy in Arkansas. God bless Sandy. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. First Hello. of all, thank you for your ministry. And for the last guy just standing in the gap and praying intercession prayers for them. It's yes. tremendous. My question has to do with Revelations and the 144,000. The tribe of Dan is not mentioned. And the last time we heard about the tribe of Dan is in Amos 8 and 14. Right. What happened to the tribe of Dan? Yeah, so Dan originally was a... Um, so, you know, 10 of the tribes were taken. You understand what happened in Israel. They were split and 10 of the tribes were taken and, and uh, you know, never heard from again. So what's, can I tell you where the tribe of Dan is at today? No. I know that the tribe of Dan originally was a very backslidden nation. They started bringing, bringing in uh, false gods and worshiping them and things like that. Um, so they were part of the tribes that were taken. However, as far as wh- where the tribe of Dan is at today... I don't know anybody that knows the answer to that. I know they're not mentioned in the, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, 12,000 out of each tribe in Revelation chapter 7. Where they mm-hmm. are specifically today, I don't know the answer to that. And, and here's the deal, Sandy, is that there will be a, a, a remnant of Jews. I mean, because i got to step back and look at this at the big picture, because not every answer will be able to, not every question will be able to answer. I step back at the big picture of this, and I say, Here's what Revelation 7 means to me. When, when it goes to the 144,000, the remnant of Jews, but then John says, I turned and in Revelation 7, 9, I saw a multitude that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. All of these individuals collectively are going to the same place. We're going to heaven. The Bible, all of them, the, the, the elders said, these are they that came out of great tribulation. They were standing before God. In heaven, John was seeing a vision of the future, a multitude no man can number out of every people, every kindred, every tongue, every nation. So Jews and Gentiles mixed in the end right. time church, just like it was in the original church. I cannot, I, I cannot answer the question today where the tribe of Dan is. So I hope that answers your question, Sandy. I hate to let you go. I got a break coming up, but thank you very much and God bless you. Um, okay, folks, we've got a lot more calls, and I'll get back to them right after the break here. And so, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, wow, a lot of great questions you can see, a lot of educated questions, and I love that. So, um, I'm praying and asking God to help me answer them all. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back, everybody. I've got, got a couple lines open. Again, remember to reach me, one 363 8463 And if we run out of calls, i got a lot of information here. A lot of people, people want to know about predestination and versus free will. I had a guy email me recently stating that he, has, he was always taught predestination, that there would only be a certain people of... Uh, a certain amount of people saved and they were all predestined by God in the beginning and that's what he was taught. And so I had to answer the question predestination versus free will and what that's all about and what the the, um, reformers taught and where this came from. And so if I do run out of some callers, then I will get to that. If not, we may get into that next week because that's a huge thing to some people. If I'm if I was predestined not to be saved in the beginning, which is not true, then what happens to me? I mean, how, you know, what, what should I do with my life? Da, da, da. All these questions come into line. So um, there's a lot, of, a lot of questions coming in right now, very good questions. Once I walked this guy through it, he said, you know, I've been studying the Bible, and I absolutely agree. He said, I, I do not believe that people are predestined. The Bible does talk about predestination, though. But it's predestination according to foreknowledge. And there's a big difference there. Free will and a lot of different things come into play. Anyway, um, let's get to some more calls. Diane in Oregon. God bless Diane. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. Uh, Yeah. I've been listening to a uh, Messianic rabbi. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I talk to you guys or listen to you guys, um, his name is Jeff Porat, and uh-huh. I was wondering if you knew anything about him and what you thought about him possibly being one of the two witnesses. So I'm, I just, when I saw the name come up on the screen here, I looked him up, um, Messianic Rabbi. I don't know him. I don't follow him. I've never heard of him until the name come up on the screen uh, for, your, for your question here. Um, but the thing is, Diane, I don't believe anybody on the planet knows who the, the two witnesses are at this point. I, I know a uh, lot yeah, of people I, claim I, to know. 
But as far as I scripture is, yeah, I'm just you know, you have your list of people that are possibilities yeah, yeah. for the, the Antichrist. Antichrist. And I was thinking maybe you might have a list of yeah. possibilities for the witnesses as well. So yeah. I just wondered where, what you thought about him as possibility right. for that um, list. Right. So the thing is, Diane, is the Bible gives 50-plus prophecies about the Antichrist. It tells us where he's coming right. from, what he's going to be doing. He'll be over the world government. I mean, it, the, God did not want us to miss that individual. So I try to put right. all those pieces together and say, okay, these are potential candidates. In other words, the Antichrist is not going to come from South America. I know that 100%. I know where he's coming from, what he's going to be doing. He's going to be the most powerful political leader. He's going to be in union with the, with the Pope at that time. So it kind of really narrows it down. With the two witnesses, it's very vague. God gives power to his two witnesses. That's what it says. It doesn't tell us where they come from, what they'll look like. I mean, it doesn't. So to try to, I mean, I can narrow it down. It's going to be the most powerful political leader in Europe. Well, those, I can narrow that down pretty far. Uh, but the, as far as the two witnesses, it could be somebody from Texas and could be somebody from China. I, I don't know at this point. You can't really narrow it down like you can the Antichrist. And again, I'm not saying I know who the Antichrist is, but I've got a revolving list all the time. Uh, it seems like, uh, but the with the two witnesses, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. But I, but when it when the time comes, we will know who they are. They'll have power to turn the water to blood and stop the rain, and I mean all kinds of stuff. So, at this point, I simply do not know. I wish I did. I wish I could give you a more conclusive answer. But that's something we will have to live through, Diane, uh, to be able to answer. Okay, that's just all I wanted to know. Okay, very good. Well, thank, thank you much you, for the call. For God time. bless you. Um, let's go to John in Tennessee. God bless John. Welcome to End of the Age. Good afternoon, Dave. My question today has to do with the red heifer. Yes. Now, uh, I, I understand that it's got to be completely kosher and that, uh, you know, they've got to find it and it's got to be in the third year. And I understand that. And I, I truthfully have faith that they will find it, of course, because the word says it'll be there. Yes. So, my question, I guess, is the details of uh, what are they going to do with the ashes to purify people? I know, do they have to wait to a certain time to burn the, the offering to get the ashes and then use them at that time? Or do they burn the offering, hold the ashes back and mix up a mixture of water and that and purify people with it? And How do they actually use those ashes to do it? Yeah, so and uh, I guess that's basically the, the question that I'm a, a little fuzzy about. So I thought I'd give you a, a call, and then I'll let you uh, give the answer, and I'll take it off the air. Okay. And well, it's a wonderful program you're putting on today. Thank you, John. God bless you for the so, thank you for the call. God bless you. And always. Yeah. So the the for the to, just to bring everybody in on the conversation, um, the red heifer. Numbers 19, verse 1 through 22. And it is a purification sacrifice to begin the sacrifices for the atonement for sin. The red heifer is just, they only need one. I know here recently, um, I don't know, it's been several months ago, maybe even a year or so ago, they 
they slaughtered a cow and burned it to see how much ash they would need for the people of Israel. And one cow would do it because they just, what they do is they take the ashes from a red heifer. So it's got to be, a, like John said, it's got to be a kosher red heifer and it's got to be into the third year. I talked to some rabbis, oh man, about a month ago now, December 21st. And they said it had to be two years and one month old, into the third year. They, and if it's fully red, which would be a, a kosher um, cow, um, they would burn it, take the ashes, mix it with water, and they would use that to... Um, now, how they use it specifically, I don't know if they wipe it on everybody's forehead or what they do. That's, I need to do a little research on that. I just know they use the mixture of ashes and water to somehow atone for the sins of the people. And I would need to probably study that a little bit farther. Um, But I do know that they will need the red heifer to do the, um, the, to to atone for the uh, sins of Israel. And not not for the atone for the sins, but for the purification sacrifice. Because if anybody has, if you read Numbers uh, 19, 1 through 22, if anybody has ever been in contact with a dead body, and they consider pretty much everybody, oh, the Israelis over there, to have been that. I mean, if you've walked to a hospital where somebody's died, walked to a graveyard, anything, they, you've been in contact with a dead body, not, not necessarily touched one, but been in contact with one like that in the, in the region, um, then you would need to have this purification sacrifice done for you. They were not allowed to go up into the temple to do the sacrifices until they had been had this purification sacrifice done. But this mixture that they come up with, the ashes and the water, it goes a long way. There, in the history of Israel, there have only been nine red heifers. So you can imagine how many sacrifices have been done. But there have only been, in Jewish tradition, there's only been nine. The red heifer that they're trying to find now will be the tenth one. And according to Jewish tradition the tenth one will bring in the Messiah. So, how they specifically will administer that, John, in today's, in 2022, let's say they got it, or 2023, I I don't know the answer to that. You know, will it be specifically like they did back in the Bible days? Possibly, but sometimes they will do a modern spin on that, okay? Like the Ark of the Covenant. They couldn't find the Ark of the Covenant, so then they made their own. So they're trying to make, have to make do with what they got. How they administer that specifically, I do not know. Um, it's something, you know, again, uh, we'll have to uh, see. Maybe I can research and find out a more conclusive answer. But at this point, I do not know how they will administer that. Um, well, I will have to do some research to give you a more conclusive answer. I do apologize for that. Okay, uh, next caller, Pam in Georgia. Um, God bless Pam. Welcome to End of the Age. Thank you. It's a privilege to be able to talk to you. I have a, um, while I'm talking, while I'm listening to the program, I'm talking about the two witnesses and stuff. It always makes me 
uh, think about Lazarus. He was born. Uh, Jesus, he died. Uh, Jesus said, come forth. He arose, and he died again, a natural death, I'm sure, because of thousands of years have passed, and he will rise again at Jesus' second coming. And I always think about that. Um, That's not my question, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have always been taught uh, that um, all Israel shall be saved, and that's wonderful. Yes. Uh, It's Romans 11, chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, and it might kind of get into 27, too. Right. And then um, uh, I read in Romans chapter 9, verse 27, a remnant shall be saved. A remnant doesn't seem like it would be all of Israel. And I would like for you to please compare that for me, and I will get off and listen. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, Pam. And uh, God bless you as well, and you have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. So it, it all comes down to the timing of this. Because... When you look at the final seven years, let's say, let's just go there and not, we'll do the whole thing, but the final seven years, Daniel 9, 27, there's going to be a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians that starts that final seven-year period. At the end of the final seven-year period, which is what Romans eleven twenty five and 26 is talking about, when the fullness of the Gentiles is come in, the Bible says, we'll just read it, Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of... of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part will happen to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion a deliverer, and shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. So when does that happen? Well, if you understand back in the Old Testament in Zechariah, the Bible says that the Lord will plant him, when he comes back, A second time, he will gather the saints unto him. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, he will send his angels with the sound of a great trump to gather the elect. They'll gather them to them from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From all over the earth, the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. Have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Man, we've got another break coming up. Um... So let me finish answering this on the back side of the break because I don't want to cut this out. I I just love breaks, everybody. And so um, I'll answer this on the back side and then I'll get to Joe here in Texas. Uh, But we will uh, remember next weekend we'll be in Justin, Texas. Look it up on the website. You can check it out. It's a great conference. I want you to be there. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So, to, to finish answering your question, the Bible says in Romans 11, 25, and 26 that there will be, all of Israel will be saved at that time. When the Lord comes back. In Romans 9, 27, it says that a remnant will be saved. So what does that mean? How do we marry that? Well, both of them are true. When the, Lord, when the rapture occurs, the Lord will send His angels to gather the elect. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain, the Christians who are alive and remain, who have been born again, we will be caught up to meet them in the air. Marriage, supper, the Lamb in the sky. Then we go straight. <coughs> Pardon me. Then we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. We are the armies of heaven, the saints. It's talked about many times in the Bible. And so we're gathered from all over the earth to come to that battle. I know a lot of people have referred to it as the U-turn theory and all this other stuff, but we're simply gathered. I mean, I'm in Dallas, Texas. I've got to get to Israel, to, to the Battle of Armageddon. So I've got to be gathered there. You understand what's going on? So when we get there, the book of Zechariah says that the Lord will come and plant His feet on the Mount of Olives. He's coming to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible says in Zechariah that the people of Israel who have made it through the Great Tribulation, who have made it through the Battle of Armageddon, they will come out to meet Him. And they will, they'll know He's the Messiah because this time He, did, he wasn't born in a manger, um, born in a stable and laid in a manger. Well, it didn't come like that. He comes as the conquering king, right? So He plants His feet on the Mount of Olives. He pours out His wrath upon those that, on the armies that have come down against Israel to battle. And the Bible says the Jews, the remnant, will come out to Him and say, well, you're the Messiah. The Bible says in... <coughs> In Revelation 1, 7, when He comes, every eye will behold Him. You're not going to miss Him coming. Every eye will behold Him. It's going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's going to plant His feet on the Mount of Olives. The Jews will come out to see Him, and they will say, You're the Messiah, but hold on a minute. What are those scars in your hands? This is, the Bible says this will happen. And they're going to say, Where'd you get those scars? And He's going to say, These are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And when the Bible says in Romans 11 that the, the blindness in part had happened to Israel, well, guess what's going to happen? They are going to realize that blindness is going to come off and they're going to realize that Jesus was the Messiah. And that's when Romans 11, 25 and 26 says all of Israel will be saved. But it is a, there's a remnant because the, uh, many of them will be killed off in the Great Tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon. I, and I, that's horrible to talk about, I know. But this is what the Bible says is going to happen. And then there will be a remnant that are saved. It's, the remnant is talked about in Revelation chapter 7, where it talks about the 144,000. The Bible says there's a remnant there. So it's not every 
uh, Jewish person that is living today will be saved. There's going to be a remnant. But at that time, all of Israel will be saved. That's Romans 11, 25 and 26. And so both Romans 9, 27 and Romans 11, 25 and 26 are correct. There is a remnant will be saved. But at that time, the ones that make it through all of that persecution and things, the Bible says all of Israel will be saved at that time. It's Romans 11, uh, 25 and 26. Revelation chapter 7, the remnant, the 144,000. They're talked about again in Revelation 14, the 144,000. They're all going to be born again individuals. They'll have to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, who was a Jew, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. So, uh, I hope that answers your question. Uh, Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Um, Let's go to, uh, right here in Texas, Joe. God bless Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. Just some information. Uh, it always puzzles me how uh, we can be monitored universally uh, by the Antichrist. And just read this morning a news article that the IRS is uh, implementing a facial recognition to yeah. uh, when you access your your own IRS file. Yeah. And they're looking at it to become implemented uh, this summer. Uh, and I don't think it's totally a done deal yet, but uh, once that happens, then that's another huge database oh, yeah. for people to easily see whether you've received or accepted the mark of the beast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Bye-bye. absolutely. And thank you for the call, Joe. And I, I will tell you, Joe and everybody, I saw an article on that as well. And it's just them really tightening the noose. I mean, they want to be, it's, it's why they're moving us off of a cashless society into a totally digital society, facial recognition photographs, fingerprints, retinal scans, all of this stuff, precursors to the um, eventual Mark of the Beast system. And this is exactly what you're talking about. And I, do, I know that, I've read, and, and I, let me see, I've seen an article on that within the last week, I know. And it's simply, it's going along with everything else that's moving us towards this uh, Mark of the Beast system. Uh, I believe that the mandates for these COVID vaccines, you say, no, they're just really wanting to protect people. No, I, I, I believe it's societal conditioning. I don't believe you should ever mandate somebody put something in their bloodstream. Now, there's a difference of opinion out there in society. I still love all them people. But I don't believe the government should mandate somebody to put something in your body. That's heading us in the direction of, you say, well, we're just protecting um, society and this, that, and that. Well, if, hey, if I choose not to take it and something happens to me, that's my choice. This is my body. Okay, I don't want to go down that road, but I'm just saying that you can understand all of these precursors where they can say, you know, wear a mask uh, and, or, or else, that kind of stuff. I, I, that's, uh, I, I, don't, that's, I don't like that. I don't want that uh, kind of stuff happening in America uh, because this is a land of the free. Do what you want. Um, if you want to put yourself in danger, that's your business. But the government shouldn't dictate us to us about all that kind of stuff. Anyway... Wow, I went down that road really quick, didn't I? Um, Okay, back to the calls. Sorry, everybody. John in Oregon. God bless my friend. Welcome to End of the Age. 
Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Loud and clear. Hey, I just first and foremost, uh, I watch your guys' uh, online stuff. Usually I don't catch you live because I'm working nine to five. Yeah. Uh, I thank you guys and appreciate everything you do. My question is in regards to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream uh, with the statue yeah. and how there were two legs in that statue. And we know that we talk about the Holy Roman Empire um, it's my under, I, I go through commentary and I'm trying to be as the Bereans, um, and take the word with all readiness of heart, but search yeah. the scriptures and just have my own understanding. Why is it that we on, uh, this side of the aisle, uh, lean more towards the European, um, antichrist versus, uh, like an Assyrian antichrist, uh, yeah. coming up from the Assyrian empire, one of the two legs when the the Holy Roman Empire broke into two. Yeah. Do you know there were two arms on the statue as well, right? Okay. There were, there were arms and breasts of silver, but that was the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. Okay. And so, but when you get down to the legs, everybody thinks it was split into two and, you know. So what, what, what I'm saying is the legs of iron were the Roman Empire. And when we talk about an, why couldn't the Antichrist be Assyrian is because he could be an Assyrian. The Bible alludes to him being an Assyrian. But did you know that there are just over half a million Assyrians in Europe? And that one of the first cities ever established in Germany, it's called Trier, was established by an Assyrian prince. So the Antichrist could be an Assyrian, but he's also going to come from a revived Holy Roman Empire. If you understand history, John, the Roman Empire was the legs of iron. It was the second one, or the it was the fourth one that ruled ruled the world. Now this was the qualification to be in Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Babylon, the head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, the Medes and the Persians, the Grecian Empire, the belly and thighs of brass. The legs of iron was the Roman Empire. It had to rule the entire known world, the Roman Empire. Then, in the feet of iron mingled with clay, there, it's another empire, and that there had to be an element of the previous empire that came into that. Then there was another element added in, which was the clay. If you understand history, there was, there was the Roman Empire, then there was the Holy Roman Empire that came into play in 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III crowned the uh, Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. That began the um, Holy Roman Empire, which was the element of the Roman brought in, and then the, there was the religious element brought in. It was the union of politics and religion. And that's how it was ran all the way. The most powerful polit- political figure in, in Europe was the... Um, always a Germanic king. He was the emperor and almost always a Germanic king. And then the most powerful religious figure was always from Rome. And that's what made up the Holy Roman Empire. That's the same entity that will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says in uh, Revelation chap- or in uh, Daniel chapter 7 that the ten horns on the ten horn beast is the exact same thing as the ten, horn, or the ten toes on the Nebuchadnezzar's vision. And the Bible says the, that the 
the little horn come up among three. He uprooted three and become great. Had a mouth speaking great things. That's the Antichrist. Where did he come from? He come from the last entity on Nebuchadnezzar's vision, which was the Holy Roman Empire. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, in regards to the ten horns, um, I, I reference, when I go through that passage, that he would be considered the eleventh horn. Am I, am I mistaking? Yeah, so the, the Bible says he, he uproots three and becomes great, a mouth speaking great things. And, but yet when you go to Revelation chapter 17, the ten horns are there with him as well. And so okay. it, it simply means that the Antichrist will rule over a world governing body. Because when you're studying topics like this, John, you got to put all the prophecies, all the, the scriptures together to, see, to get the big picture of it. The Antichrist is going to usurp authority over a world governing body. It's going to be this, the Holy Roman Empire will be the seat of that. That's going to be the last global governing empire on the planet. The Antichrist will rule over that. That will be the seat of world government in the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and yeah, so, I, I agree. yeah, it is it, it, not necessarily, I mean, it, it's all in symbolism, honestly. In other words, there's not going to be physical horns on a beast somewhere. It's symbolism. Yeah. He's a, he uproots three, will become great. It doesn't mean the three go away. It just means he may he may come up among those three nations. I mean, you know. Yeah, or, or usurp authority. I, I guess my question was more in regards to... I. I, uh, as I read the commentaries, um, it seems to be that there's there's kind of a two-way split. One side is uh, waiting for the Antichrist to appear through, uh, like, uh, Europe, and then another side of the aisle is one to appear through uh, Assyria, which, yeah. is, which is yet to be uh, reborn as a nation. It's not yeah. actually even... Well. even I'm coming to the end of the program, John. Maybe we can finish this conversation next week or email me. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.